0: Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have Keith Gavin. He's currently the head wrestling coach at Pitt University, and uh, he's had some really successful seasons there as a coach, and uh, in his own wrestling career, he was a great wrestler. He was a national champ and a world team member. Um, Keith, uh, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having
0: me. Let's start out with, uh, I I just wanted to ask you how you got started in wrestling.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in, in Northeast Pennsylvania, and it was just kind of one of those situations where all my buddies were wrestling. Um, so I got into it at a young age and uh, stuck with it. Uh, I think like most people at first, it was like probably my least favorite sport I was doing. And then as you get older, you kind of appreciate it a little more. And, um, you know, I kind of got uh, really kind of fell in love with it around high school. And uh, yeah, I went from there. <clears throat> how, how old were you when you started? I think it was five, maybe five or six. Yeah.
0: Mm. What made you stick with it during those times? You know, in that time from when you were uh, five to in yeah. high school.
1: I think. I mean, it was like, again. It was like uh, it's just what we did in my area. It's like we, everybody played football, baseball, and wrestled pretty much, and so um, yeah, it's just what we did. But uh, uh, you know, as like I mentioned, like as you get older, you kind of appreciate the one-on-one aspect of it a little more, and then uh, that that got a. Uh, it got easier to, to kind of really enjoy doing.
0: Was it something your family encouraged wrestling? Was it, was it?
1: it... Yeah. I mean, my dad never wrestled, but his buddy was uh, the youth wrestling coach in my area. And so that's like, that's how um, he knew about it. Yeah.
0: Um, We also have here, uh, we have Mike Wilkins here and Mike's an avid wrestling fan, a fan of pit wrestling, like as am I. Um, And I thought we could, talk a little bit too about just the upcoming uh season so this is this would be the 2023-2024 uh pit wrestling season um what uh what what's the season looking like at first we were we were talking off air a little bit about the schedule Mm -hmm. uh what um can you can you kind of give us a, some some hints so far about what the schedule is going to look like this year?
1: Yeah, it's uh, we'll have an exciting year. I mean, we're coming up. Last year we had a, a national champion and Nino Bonacorsi, and so that gives us a lot of momentum um, coming into this year. And but we have a, a brand new team, really. It's like we got probably five. There'll probably be five guys the first time in the lineup uh, this year out of our ten weight classes. So I'm excited about that because you kind of really get to like those young guys. You see a lot of growth um, throughout the season and, and throughout their career uh we got a couple i think just two seniors but um so with that being said we try to make the schedule pretty challenging so that our uh our younger guys are battle tested and ready to go for the national tournament so it's not released yet but we got a lot of big 10 teams on the schedule uh ohio state illinois um and then some we, we got arizona state coming in from the pac-12 that's going to be a home match and in, in oklahoma state from the from the big 12 so those are kind of our big out of conference uh matches on the on the schedule and then uh, the ACC is very good, so uh, we, we get those at the end, and that will be challenging as well.
0: Who, uh, who are, you, who are you, uh, some of the, some of the new guys that you're excited about on the team?
1: Yeah, I think I mean everybody kind of knows from last year. Uh, Dayton Pitzer, he 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 going to be our heavyweight this year, and with the new rule, you could wrestle five times and I'll burn your red shirt. And we used that with Dayton, and he had some really big wins last year um, as an undersized heavyweight. So he's put on some weight this season, and we're excited to see what he can do. But uh, just below him at 197 we have another freshman they maxed out and I think those two are a good kind of one-two combination in our lineup that we'll have they're both freshmen so they'll be growing together in the next four years and so those guys are kind of the uh I think you know what we're most excited about in our fans as well but you know throughout the lineup we have I think 149 157 I honestly don't know who's going to be our guy we have some decent depth there now so uh looking forward to seeing who kind of comes out on top in, in those weight classes and then uh you know our older guy like cole matthews the returning all-american uh u23 world team member entering his last season so um excited for him and, and holden heller's our old are their uh, senior so uh it's a good mix good mix of some some guys with some great experience and some young guys that are just getting their career started
2: yeah so uh, to jump back on last season a little bit with nino winning a national championship and that being pitt's first national champion since you in 2008 mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the parents, like, at uh, what point did you see that Nino could be a national champion?
1: Honestly, it was like right away. I mean, just because it's, um, you see like the desire to do it and everybody says they want to be a national champion. You know, it's like every kid you recruit says they want to be four time national champion. Even though there's only like five that ever did it, but, um, everybody says that, but it's like Nino, like had that, like it was real, you know, it was a very authentic desire. And I think that, uh, we just knew if he stayed the course, um, Cause it's never easy. Like you're going to have setbacks, injuries, losses. I mean, the year before, so he, two years ago, he was second in the NCAA and then the following year he didn't play. So he lost in the blood round. Um, So it was a huge setback for him, but he did a great job of just staying the course and continuing to try to kind of master his craft. And um, we were confident that if he did that, he had the ability to, to, to win the nationals and and he did it.
0: Well, you mentioned confidence. I think, you know, there's a desire to to be a four-time national champ, but, how, how, did you see that confidence in Nino when he first started, or was that something that you guys kind of had to help him with?
1: Yeah, I think that it it he had confidence, but it had to grow for sure. To like, because in the beginning, it's like you you you're beating some guys, and it's like you you get pumped up because you beat a top ten guy. Well, once you do that, now it's guys are gunning for you. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to. We talked about it. The year he got second was he's never he was never an All American before, and I think once you win that quarterfinal round, you're an All American. And you think, like, the sense of relief, like, I did it, you know. But I was telling him, like, a couple hours later in the semis, you're going to want to be in the finals, you know. And then when you make the finals, you're going to want to be the champ. So it's just, you know, that level of confidence or expectation just continues to grow. And, and you really have to have a good perspective on that. Um, and that's something that he really matured and, and, and grew in is just his overall perspective towards um, his career and his goals.
0: Mm. So it was it was that process of, you know, you win, you 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 jump a level mm-hmm. you know you become an all-american it gives them a little more confidence right. and then he gets more and more because you know that's something i see is some some athletes maybe they have the desire but they just haven't built that confidence up to win right. at the top level
1: yeah i think that it just and a lot of that comes with with just the preparation that you're doing you know like the, the, the saying that's like confidence builds confidence it's like a little bit of that too is like you're just constantly working on some things. Like he did a really good job, and this is something we try to stress to our team: is like if you're getting beat in an area, when you come to practice, you're going to work on that area. You know, like you see a lot of guys that are like think they're working hard, but they're just doing extra sprints at the end of practice, and they're still their single leg still sucks. You know, it's like you have to address that single leg, or you're not going to get better. And so Nino was very practical about that, and so I think that gave him confidence of like he really kind of uh, mastered his craft. You know, he he became world class in reattacks. And he was never a rider and then put some time in the keeping guys down and riding once he got on top and um you know he did that in the national finals. So that that just putting the time in like that on specific areas gave him a lot of confidence.
2: <clears throat> was was Nino a, he was a U twenty three world team member too? Was yeah. that after the uh his national finalist year or was that the final? um yeah that was. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah, it was after his uh the summer of his national finals. Year.
2: So how did uh how did, you know, he or how did you help him, like, rebuild the confidence after being a national finalist and then mm-hmm. ended up dropping out in the blood round the following
1: season? Well, I think that a lot of it, I mean, you know, it's, it's very painful, you know, to, to do that when you think, like, man, there's one more stepping on the champ, and then you you don't place the next year. But it was, he had a, again, it comes down to perspective. Like, he was wrestling with, um, like, he had something to lose that year, you know. You know, he lost to good guys. Like, you don't want to take it away from him. In the blood round, he lost this kid from Missouri who... Was top three guy, you know, almost, um, every year. And so, I mean, it was a really good weight class, you know? And, and so I think that it freed him up a little bit his senior year to the the junior year he wrestled with like a little bit of fear, you know, like fear to lose. And then after experiencing that and being like, I just got to be me, you know, I got to go out there and wrestle and whatever happens, happens and kind of trust that, that, uh, the, the work that you're putting in, in the, in the process and just be in that peace with the fact that like, you did what you could do to to win us. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, you know. But so I think that junior year just kind of freed him up a little bit mentally. Mm -hmm. Nice, yeah. Mm -hmm. So navigating uh, this season,
2: he went, you know, undefeated uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the year. And probably what most would consider the most volatile weight class uh, in the NCAA. Um, Same weight class where the returning national champion went out in the round of 16 right prior to potentially meeting you know in the quarters Mm -hmm. um so like how how was he able to like you know in such a weight class that has so many
1: ups and downs how was he able to be so consistent throughout the entire season yeah i mean it's cliche but you've one match at a time you know he's got to focus on that and we had a tough schedule last year especially for him so he wrestled some really good guys right away and so you didn't really get to like he didn't have the opportunity to, to to look ahead you know you had to focus on i think it was like second or third week of the year he wrestled the kid from lehigh who was really highly ranked you know and so it's like right away you gotta you gotta be ready to go so that was helpful um form and then also just like like i said like he kind of learned that perspective of you can only really control your performance so just focusing on that of like he had an idea of this is how this is what i want to be about this is how i want to compete um and you, you're you in control of that you know so he focused on that <clears throat>
0: whenever, whenever guys like Nino or, you know, he had a distinct style, you know, he mm-hmm. always knew he was, sh- was going to yeah. shoot a lot. Uh, what, when, when you're, when you're coaching, you know, different athletes, do you, do you encourage, how do you encourage that? Like, for example, like you, you mentioned as two upper weights, mm-hmm. uh, there's probably going to be a technical, strategic stylistic yeah. difference between them and maybe some lighter weights. Um, how do you kind of deal with that as a coach or how do you, do you encourage that or
1: Yeah, I think that, especially in our sport, I mean, I can't speak to other sports, but I think in wrestling, it's like you have to, um, at probably any individual sport, um, you kind of have to meet the kids where they are, and then let them be themselves, and so I always say, it's like you're trying to help them develop without killing their ingenuity, you know, it's like you can't be like, this is a one-size-fits-all, you gotta do it this way, it's like, because it's just, um, It's just not going to, I think that maybe you can get to a certain level like that, but you can't be elite in that way. You have to, like, everybody has their kind of unique um, abilities, and and it it usually matches their personality, you know. Um, And I think you probably see that, like I said, a lot of individual, uh, especially combat sports. But, um, but yeah, I think that that is key. Actually, uh, I know you guys know Pat Santoro well, but he told me that a long time ago. It's like wrestling is like you kind of find your lane. And then you keep expanding your lane until you, you you can beat everybody. But but at this level in college, it's like these kids usually have an idea of what their lane is. If not, you kind of help them find it, and then it's our job to help them build on that.
0: Do you have Do you have technical things that you emphasize across the team and across all weight classes? Yeah. And stuff? Well, that kind of almost the opposite of what we were just talking
1: about. Yeah. Like, there's there's like basic principles that everybody has to have, right? Like you have to be able to to defend yourself. You know, I don't care how good your offense is. If everybody gets your legs and can finish on you, then you're not going to be that effective. Or in wrestling, like uh, if you can't get off the bottom, right? It's like that's a huge flaw. You have to be able to get off the bottom. So there's some technical things that we do. Um, there's probably some principles on our feet on the on bottom and on top that uh, everybody does. And then it's up to them to kind of make it their own. And and um, and we help them with that. And and honestly, that's the most fun part about. Uh, coaching coaching at this level is helping the kids kind of make it their own and and find their own unique uh, way of doing it
2: yeah mm. um so to stay on coaching um which coach of yours do you feel like you're most closely like what, which coach did you take most
1: away from as a coach not just mm. as an athlete yeah i mean I was, I was very fortunate to be around some really good um coaches and and just people who, who put time into me that you know i probably didn't have to but um Man, I mean, and even like going back to my youth coach, like I said, my dad's uh, buddy was like, just very, uh, it was old school, you know, I mean, we were kids, but it was, old, it was old school. And it was like, just right away, just that discipline of like, you don't talk when coaches talk and like that kind of stuff. And that, 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 that helped a lot, you know, and then I got to, in high school, I went to um, this club in my area and this coach, his name was Matt Guy and Petro, He did an awesome job of just like bringing in the highest level um, wrestling uh, clinicians to our club and in my area was pretty small but i mean we had like guys like sergey belglazov who's like multiple time olympic champion from russia came and taught at my club when i was in ninth grade and i remember that being like the first time because as a kid i thought like you just have to be big and strong and then you beat everybody you know and then it's like this guy little guy was showing me all this technique and it's like well that's a whole new world you know it's like this is a us and i think that's probably around that time is when i really fell in love with it because it's like there's a whole like you could, there's a lot of things you could do, you know, you could be really creative with this. Um, and then in college, like I had a, you know, he's passed away now, but, uh, coach Stoudemire was just a, just a really good person, you know? Um, he's one of those guys that stuck by you no matter what. Um, so grateful to have that in my life. And, and I had good training partners, Carl Fraunhofer, who was national finalist was on the staff at the time and he was like exactly my weight class, which is super lucky for me. So we trained all the time. Um, uh, Sonny Abe was on the, and that uh, he was a Japanese Olympian that, that helped me a ton with technique, you know? Um, so that was big too. And then post collegiate, uh, like I mentioned, Pat, uh, Santoro, I spent some time at Lehigh just training there and, and, uh, Pat's just, he's, his passion's very contagious uh, for the sport and has a great mind for it. And I think that to this day, he's the one that like I could call and ask questions to. And cause in the coaching world, it's like, you know, everybody's trying to smash you. So you got to be careful who you're talking to and cause they're going to use it against you. But Pat's like the, one of the few guys I trust to, to bounce some ideas off of, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Pat's, Pat's been, been on the podcast and, mm-hmm. and he, uh, uh, we're lucky stopped by and wrestles with us every yeah. now and then when we can. Um, well, and, and Keith just, just, uh, helped ran our competition practice this morning for some of our, our jiu-jitsu competitors. Uh, some of the stuff that you were showing, the takedowns that you were showing were really applicable to Jitsu and I know that you you've thought about that you know a little mm-hmm. bit about the context you were teaching in, but also like your style i feel like is really like a lot of things of your wrestling style is really applicable to submission grappling and yeah. that's that's probably just you know just the way you, but how did you develop how, what where did those influences come do you think that for your style of wrestling?
1: yeah, I think that um partly because like I, I wasn't the best athlete like I, I couldn't rely on being super fast or 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 strong and then like in jiu-jitsu you don't wear shoes so everybody's a little slower you know it's like no yeah. one's blasting you um like they would in uh you know like Jordan Burroughs and in, in the wrestling world you know that's not happening um so that's helpful but for me for a guy like myself but I think in college it was like No, I was never a state champion in high school. I was third, which is pretty good, but it wasn't like blue chip or anything. So when I got to college, I was trying to be like everybody else. And I remember I mentioned Sonny Abe. I remember he said to me one time, like, look, you got to do your, what we were saying earlier, like you got to make your own style kind of thing. And he introduced me to the European wrestlers. And, and, um, at the time, like flow wrestling and YouTube I think wasn't even really that big a deal back then and so it was hard to find matches but I remember I found them and it was just like blown away of watching these guys and like they didn't do what the Americans were doing like everybody was said you gotta move your hands you gotta move your feet you gotta be fast like John Smith little single you know and and things like that and I would be I would wear myself out trying to do that and I saw these Russian guys wrestling and like they didn't even move hardly you know and doing like little tricks and things like that and there's a whole new world to me you know and um and then and then through that uh, Dave Schultz, I watched a lot of Dave Schultz, and that was a big influence on me because he was like that, you know, like a uh, little strategic, methodical. Um, and I was like, oh man, I could I could co- kind of copy this and make it my own. And so that's kind of where all that came from. I mean, Sonny kind of playing at that idea in my head, and then just a ton of like I studied it like crazy, you know, and and um, and I and I really enjoyed just kind of playing with it and, and figuring it out. <clears throat> Do you think that's a large part of? Um you know like a commonality
2: with people who are having success like developing their own styles is the finding enjoyment in it
1: yeah i think that is where a lot of the joy is like everybody says the process and it is the process but it's not like nobody loves like sprinting up hills and doing stuff like that but you could really learn to fall in love with like like treating it as like a a puzzle you're trying to figure out you know and making it your own and and like i mentioned earlier i mean there's some basic principles that everybody needs to have um but within that kind of framework, you can you could. There's a lot of creativity um, to be had, and and wrestling's cool because different uh, body styles could be very effective. And so I think that um you you could really kind of make it your own, and, and that is we try to encourage it with our athletes, and some guys get it, and, and some have a harder time, you know, with it. They just want to get there and win, and and, that, and that's it, you know. but it's 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 more of a miserable experience if that's your approach, because then it's just like you're just waiting for Friday night duel. And if you win, you're happy. If you lose, you're miserable, you know, and the rest of the week sucks. And so it's like, if you could do on Monday, like you're excited to come in there and work on something. um, You're going to have a better career because you're going to enjoy the experience much more. Mm.
2: Where do, uh, where do athletes, your athletes find the window to like, be creative like in in a practice like is there a time that it's set aside for like all right let's work on some of your individual things
1: yeah I think so I mean we do um you know just like if it's a typical team practice to warm up on their own and then uh if there's something that we want to teach as a group I usually do that in the beginning like I'll teach something and then and then give them a lot of time on their own to where they could be drilling spar like play wrestling sparring whatever and then about half hour in we'll cut it they'll get a drink and then we start going hard you know uh, after that so but we try to every practice at least put some of that in there um but again you have to have like some like the desire to be good to do it because if you don't then the coach just says like all right you're on your own and you might just goof around you know what i mean so it's like you're trying to you're, well, obviously through the recruiting process we try to weed that out but um, so yeah it's 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 got to be a good you know you got to have a good student too
0: <clears throat>
2: right i don't know if it's just me from the view that i've been watching the sport at um mm-hmm. being like one step away from it for the past 10 years or so right um mm-hmm. watching it more as a fan but it feels like nowadays like that the creativeness is kind of more encouraged mm-hmm. do you feel like kids are coming in more with like that kind of feel of wanting to like play wrestle
1: and things yeah. like that yeah i think i mean i i think there's no um the question that that has been something that I mean, what you're also seeing is a lot of young kids are really good right now, you know, where even when I wrestled, uh, which wasn't that long ago, but it, it was very rare for a college guy to make a world team, you know, or for like a, a high school kid to be winning a, an age level world championship. Now it's almost common common. It's happening every year. And I think that, um, the access to video has helped out a lot with that. And then, um, you know, I hate to give them credit cause they're right down the road, but Penn state's doing a great job, you know? And then like the kids that they've had, um, that have come through and um they kind of displayed that style of like you know again they do a lot of the right things but then when they go out there it's like you could tell that they're these are guys that go in there to try to master their craft you know and i think that that is um inspiring i mean it was like in the 90s when iowa was just breaking everybody that's what everybody wanted to do you know um now it's like it's you want to it's almost like you're breaking the guy by just being um Way better than them, you know, and that's a lot of fun too. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I think people see that and they want to. They're studying it and trying to trying to come up with their own thing as well.
0: Well, you see trends like that, right, right. in wrestling, <clears throat> and, and and if you've watched it for a long time, you see you see those like you mentioned the I. Everybody want to be like Iowa. You see that same thing in jujitsu, right? You know, too, where where it's not that necessarily something's inherently better. You know, what? There's a lot of different things that work, right, to right. win, but. But it's just that's true somebody was really successful or some team was really successful so that gets very trendy
1: right? right and i think that that's what again like you have to kind of find what what fits with you you know if you're a guy that um if you're a methodical wrestler and then you try to wrestle like a guy that goes a million miles an hour and gonna break everybody you're probably going to gas yourself out and, and not be very effective you know if you're fundamental and you're trying to roll around and scramble again you're not going to be very effective you know so you kind of have to play with some things and figure out what's for you because you're right, There's not there's not one way just because it's popular doesn't mean like everybody has to do it this way. Um, so yeah,
0: uh, I know your um, your children uh train in our kids program mm-hmm. at Stout. Uh, what do you think is the biggest difference between uh youth, youth wrestling programs and the classes that they do?
1: Yeah, I think that it's um, the 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 classes in jujitsu from what I experienced with the kids is like just much better um man how do i say it like i don't know like it, it the ego is less than in wrestling you know and yeah. um i don't know if that's common or, or if that's just what i experienced with you guys but um in wrestling especially you know we're in a good area for wrestling and we're uh, hotbed right yeah right. and so it, it's it's great but at even at the kids level it's about like you know the hardest worker is going to win and you got to be tougher and it's like well if you're six, if you just stay in your stance, you're probably going to win. You know what I mean? If you're, like, a little bit aggressive, you're probably going to win. Um, so I think that, like, the, the, the the you know, a little bit here is, like, iron sharpens iron. Like, you're going to get a ton of people just wrestle, And so you're going to get better if you just keep wrestling. Um, but it would be, like, the jiu-jitsu classes, like, the, the focus on the technique and things like that. And helping the kids actually learn the sport. And what I try to do with my son in wrestling is, is teach him to To love the sport and learn the sport and learn the techniques, but it's difficult at the youth level because you go to that tournament and everybody's screaming their head off to pin the guy, and then you get this huge trophy that's as big as the kid, and that's what he—that's all he cares about, you know. So he's gonna go out there and rip headlocks and, you know, forget those single legs we worked on. Um, so I think that that like just the um, it, it's it's a nice pace for the kids, and it like gets them to kind of really learn uh, the the sport. <clears throat> yeah, I. I you know, I struggle with that with, with my son, too. You know, he, he, he
0: the wrestling practices are, you know, like you said, it's a great area. And yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. thankful for that. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up around here, too, and wrestled throughout the whole thing. And But I think it's even, I, I don't want to say it was intense when I wrestled, but mm-hmm. it's a little different even now. There's more yeah. clubs and things like that. But I think that... You know, you you get a, like you said, a kid that's eight or six or something. They're, you know, they do a two and a half hour practice. Mm -hmm. Like that's, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't seem like it's developing the love of the sport in a lot of ways. And that's what I kind of struggled with. Whereas the jiu-jitsu class, it is a little bit more lighthearted, but at the same time, I feel like we're, my goal for those classes are really two things to make them have fun and like jiu-jitsu and, and teach Uh, teach them how to learn like that sport that's my goals for those classes yeah and that's what i
1: think i see that the difference is is like that and i'm sure there's places around here that's doing a great job with that and and wrestling as well but wrestling's issue at the youth level is it's just like yeah kids are gonna hate it and then the dad just makes them keep going and then it's like but that's, you know, I was talking to some other people about that. And it's like, well, that's how we grew up. You know, it's like, just because that's how we grew up doesn't mean that's the right way to it's do the it. The only way. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people that grew up like that and, and didn't develop a love for the sport. Or, you know, they hate their dad because their dad kept making them wrestle. You know, <laughs> they didn't want to. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it doesn't have to be that way. Um, yeah And, yeah, I think what you said of, like, getting the kids to, like, learn how to... How to learn is is very important
0: yeah that's that's something (sighs) we try to do um so what do you think is i know you're somewhat you you have to focus your coach at a really high level so you have to Mm -hmm. focus on wrestling but what what do you think personally about you know you've done a little bit of training and Mm -hmm. like you know rolling around with us submission Mm -hmm. grappling and watched it what what do you think of of submission grappling and jiu-jitsu as a sport as an emerging kind of sport what's your yeah the pros and cons what do you think about that
1: it seems to me like it's it's i mean you guys would know better but it seems like it's growing pretty fast pretty rapidly yeah like i watched growing. the um uh, the adcc this year and it was like and it was a lot of eyes on um gordon ryan right and it's yeah. like i remember asking you about it because i was watching it just like blowing away it'd be like in wrestling if you were just pinning everybody all the time yeah you know and it's like How's he doing that? Like, why is it so easy for this one guy? You know, yeah. and so that that whenever you see somebody that's like really at that high level in anything, like it will, uh, I'm attracted to it. You know, and so, um, but yeah, like doing it with you guys, I was saying today, it's like I get more tired doing this than than wrestling because it's like I'm not just not used to it. Like my forearms will burn out faster and things like that. You know, but uh, but I enjoy it. I think that you know, for like a practical standpoint, it there's wrestling's really really good you know as we know but jujitsu at least has like the you can end the end the fight you know yeah. what i mean wrestling doesn't really have that so i think that's cool with uh jiu-jitsu um i'm not crazy about when you watch it and the guy just on his butt the whole time i don't yeah. know what you call that but that's just that doesn't look practical you know what yeah. i mean yeah. where he's just like scooting at him on his butt and it's like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I, I get that, but I kind of wish that wasn't a thing.
0: Well, that that becomes like rule set specific, you know, like yeah. like freestyle wrestling where they're laying on their belly, right. which is you know right. similar. You right. know, there's there's a it's 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 cool if you're really into the that sport, you right. know. But to somebody from the outside, it's kind of you know it's 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 kind of strange. Do you think? Do you see who in wrestling do you think would be the equivalent of somebody like Gordon Ryan? You know, that's. That do, you, do you think and you, anybody in history like yeah. uh, in the history of wrestling do you think there's an equivalent as far as what you know I know you probably don't know a lot yeah. about Gordon's career but
1: yeah I mean you know Cale Sanderson I guess I mean he never lost you know and that's I can't imagine that happening again you yeah. know being 159 and 0 yeah um, that you know one that that comes to mind is uh, the guy I wrestled with is Ben Askren at the time he was pinning a lot of people you know um, yeah he beat me my junior year in the finals, but, uh, but that was, I remember when that was happening, it was kind of like, how's this guy pinning everybody? I mean, the first time we wrestled, like feeling like, uh, he must have something that I'd never seen before. Cause how's he pinning all these guys, you know? Um, so there was that, I remember like, it was like that a little bit with like, um, David Taylor at the time he was pinning everybody, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's gotta be like, it's gotta be Kale because it wasn't just like a year or two, um, where he's whooping everybody. I mean, it was, 159 and out. You can't imagine that happening again. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a difference, too, uh, based on, like, the sports. Like, you were saying, like, the submission's kind of like the mm-hmm. like the knockout. Um, whereas wrestling, like, you know, it has the pin, but, like, mm-hmm. it's a very specific thing that needs to happen. Whereas right. the submission mm-hmm. could happen from any area in the sport, so it's always available. Whereas, yeah. like, the pin's not, not so much. So it's a little, in my opinion, more feasible to, like, run up a submission like streak than it is a pin streak
1: yeah i think i mean it, it seems like it, it'd be it's hard to submit somebody good though right like wouldn't it be that way yes yeah. like, it's like yeah. most of the time if you yeah. get two high level guys it's probably gonna end down like points right yes yeah, yeah. and that's what i feel like in wrestling and we just, the, the college wrestling changed the rules. And I remember once somebody was saying, like, we got to fix top wrestling because nobody's turning anybody. It's like, well, that's because it's incredibly hard to turn somebody yeah. on their back. You know, it's like, so one thing that you know you got to not do is get pinned because the mat there's no coming back from that. So I imagine it's like that in jiu jitsu too. It's like, if you got somebody really good, they're going to be very difficult to submit. And now, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, no,
0: and that that's true. I think that there's a little bit of em- different, and this is just me talking as a fan of both both sports, mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of difference in the emphasis, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, jiu-jitsu emphasizes the submission to a higher degree than wrestling emphasizes a pin. Right. Like, yeah. You know, I, I think yeah. I think there could be a great mat, rest. Some of the best wrestling matches, my favorite matches of all times, have not ended in pins. Right. Right. But I don't think I could say that about jiu-jitsu. Yeah. That's know? a good point. Yeah. Uh. So you know, I think that, and and I know you know I'm I'm uh, I know Gordon's coach relatively well, and I know he's you know been very public about this, but he he's emphasized the submission to such a high degree he, yeah. he thought that not, not only he thought that was the way to carry the sport to more fans too because it makes sense to, yeah you know, yeah
1: like, yeah that's what you want to say i mean it'd be the same as wrestling and the more pins people would get excited about pins especially at dual meets right yeah and
0: that's that's where the pins are yeah. but wrestling does
1: emphasize like the takedown more than anything probably you know especially yeah. at the highest level i mean freestyle is almost all takedowns right now and yeah. so yeah i guess that's the big, i mean when i was just going today it's like i could get takedowns but once you're on the mat it's like all right now what the hell do i do <laughs> you're just like afraid to move because i are gonna get hit in something but um but yeah so those are the obvious differences i guess
0: yeah what, what do you think too some of your guys i might can talk about this too mm-hmm. um some of your wrestlers uh have kind of started into mma careers right
1: yeah no i yeah. think it's cool like you know you guys are right here and it gives them an avenue to do that and obviously wrestling is a, is a good base for MMA and a lot of good wrestlers have gone on to do MMA. And we have two guys and James Leto and Jeff Mangan that that's what they want to do. And so I view it as like, it's the same as somebody doing like an internship in the summer. It's like, these guys are this is what they want to do in their career. Let's get them experience doing it, you know? So I'm all for letting them do it. And, um, you know, people will be like, well, what if they get hurt? It's like, we practice every day at three o'clock. You get hurt doing that too. You know? So, um, James, it seems like his fights haven't lasted very long, so he's not going to get hurt. Yeah, no, he hasn't been challenged very often. He's yeah. been... Uh, and
2: even though um, he's had opponents who were slated to be, uh, on paper, a challenge
1: to him, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's quite a goer. Yeah, he's a goer. He's like yeah. that in wrestling, too. A little little too much, probably. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe in MMA, too. I, ser- <laughs> I certainly, for one, appreciate you letting them do that. Um, yeah, it's fun for us. I mean, we, are, we, we uh, uh, always... Uh, him a hard time So as long as you don't lose you can keep keep doing it you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: i think it's great to build that fan base you know you kind of see that with some of the organizations like one fc or are combining you know they they make a an event where they combine Thai boxing they have in the same event they'll have jiu-jitsu they'll have yeah mma and and i think you know that's that's a uh interesting thing that wrestling's been getting more popular i think a lot more popular in the last yeah maybe even five years as Jiu-Jitsu does i think it kind of carries together you know it's not they're not it's not taking from the other one i think it's the opposite of that i think they're both rising the popularity together
1: yeah i think wrestling could kind of learn from what Jiu-Jitsu is doing right now too just from it seems seems like the marketing and the the cards they've been putting together has been really good you know and that's what's been kind of growing it a little bit um wrestling was doing that a little bit over to covid you know when with those cards and then uh now is this you know everything's back in uh you know back to back to normal for us but but yeah i think that we have opportunity to to kind of learn from that everybody in our realm says you know dual meet is the way to go like promote dual meets more and make them matter more because people could get behind teams you know
0: they're fun they're a I lot like, of fun I... and
1: and they're fast it's only like two hours rather than being in a in a gym watching a tournament for all day long
0: and and I think as a fan, like I'm a fan of tournaments because I, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's I'm more of, and I know, Mike, you you're even more so super wrestling fan, but it's mm-hmm. so I like to see that tournament format, but. You know most fans are just to go hang out and watch something at don't great yeah you know you get yeah. you can you can get behind there's also what I really like about it, and you can talk about this as a coach like the strategic aspect of it like I'm gonna put this
1: guy against yeah. this
0: guy yeah. and so that's kind of fun too yeah right?
1: it is fun and then it's like it, it's fun for the guys on the team because it's individual sport but you also you get behind your guy when he's out there last year we wrestled Iowa State at home and it came down the heavyweight and we lost on on, uh, on the very like probably last ten seconds, and but it was it was here at home, and people still talk about it now, like how that was like such a fun dual meet and got them hooked on wrestling because it was it was like just action packed, you know. Every match was great, and um, when you have something like that, that can really hook a fan. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, that was a great dual meet. That was uh, the the match right prior to it. Uh, Nino and Younger mm-hmm. was a was a great match too to send it into heavyweight mattering.
1: Yeah, you know? so, yeah, so. it was great. And you see, I think you know they were both ranked in the top five at the time. So the, the the and and had a lot on the line for the dual meet. So that was pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll look forward to catching some. Uh, if you, if anybody's listening to this, make sure you get up to pit and watch. Uh, it's it's a it's a great environment too. Right? Yeah. If you go watch the building.
1: What's uh, speaking of the environment, um, you guys are going to be moving soon. Yeah. Uh, what season is that slated for? It's twenty twenty fall twenty twenty five. We're supposed to be in then our new building. Um, so it's being built right now, and uh, yeah, it should be done in like two years. So we'll be in the field house for another two years. But with the we also like the the uh arena at the field house for wrestling because the fans are kind of right on top of the mat we don't want to lose that so we have it uh in our new arena it's going to be like that or just we're going to wrestle on a raised uh platform and then we're going to have some seats right around the mat so it'll be a really cool experience <clears throat> I'm really happy to hear that i was worried yeah no it's going to be uh i think 3500 seat arena so very similar to the field house and we like it um where it's, you know, if your fans are too spread out, you can pack the place and it still feels empty, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah I always like that, that feel, yeah. too. Like, we we do that event that we do at the uh, Maven, the old Ace Hotel. Yeah. And it has that feel, you know, it's the old gymnasium where everybody's yeah. right on the mat side. That was like Lehigh, the old snake pit. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah that place like, is cool, at, too. That's right. It to. just seems right for wrestling, you know, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Combat. yeah.
2: Those, those combat, one-on-one combat sports, the closer yeah. you can get the crowd to the to the the competition yeah. area. You know? Yeah, you feel that and it's understand. one of the great things about like probably the most popular high school tournament, uh Iron Man. Yeah. You know, like yeah. You're <laughs> right there on the map. Yeah.
0: For sure. Yeah. Well, um I want to wrap up with uh just if you have any advice to young wrestlers uh, that they, maybe they want to be you know like a national champion or they want to be mm-hmm. a coll- they want to wrestle in, in in a division 1 college level or a college level, what what would you do you have anything that you'd like to say to them like advice that you would yeah
1: i think um the main thing is just stay the course you know i think i see a lot of people that um have that desire to do it and hit some roadblocks and think oh this isn't working or i gotta change up and i gotta do and then you don't realize how close you are sometimes so i think just staying the course and continuing to try to figure things out um, it really is a trial and error process. No matter how good you are, everybody has to go through that and continue to get better. Um, so it's a lot of trial and error, and just keep staying the course.
0: When you were wrestling in high school, did you did you think that? I mean, you probably hoped that you were going to be a national champion. But like going into college, let's say your freshman year, did you? How did you? How did that work for you when you when you were thinking about like you said you would never state champ? Yeah. Uh. And, but you what was your mental process like yeah
1: it wasn't like that like it wasn't like I always wanted to be national champ and always thought I would be it was like I remember wanting to make the team like trying to start you know and uh but it just came into like I I just really um one thing I stopped cutting weight that was a huge thing for me I bumped up like two weight classes and that was very helpful um because I was kind of fighting against my natural growth but um it was just like kind of playing with it, like playing with wrestling and trying to figure out, you know, like what would I do here? And I wanted to have an answer for every situation that would happen on the mat. But I didn't, I really didn't kind of think I was going to win the Nationals until after I got second, you know. And then the next year it's like, I don't right, know, I'm going to go first. <laughs> um, but going into that, like that was my first time All-American. And I remember um, had some, I just kept getting better and better. And yeah, just one day at a time, just focused on continuing to get better. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks so much for uh, taking time first of all to to run practice. Uh, yeah. we'd, any we'd love to have you uh, again, and we we you know definitely want to set up. Uh, uh any, if you ever want to do a clinic or a seminar yeah, here, we would love to do that. We'd love to have you practice. Any you know, every, always of course, always well more than welcome to come down and practice and run our practice or, or just just join in. But uh, thanks also for taking the time to do the podcast. We'll uh we'll definitely be at the some of the home matches supporting yeah. and.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, sporting pet wrestling. So Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's always fun to come down here, so thanks. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.